Welcome to Beyond Research, a podcast brought to you by Research Nova Scotia. N95 respirator masks are critical in the fight against COVID-19. Amid the pandemic, as borders began to close and global exports began to drop, Canadian healthcare workers were caught in a scramble to secure enough masks and personal protective equipment, or PPE, to keep them safe. In response, a team of Nova Scotian chemists are working to create a solution that's homegrown. Nova Scotian soft wood lumber, it's low cost, readily available and biodegradable, but without new innovation and discovery research, it will remain an unsuitable material for the production of N95 masks. This is Dr. Krista Brousseau, a professor of chemistry at St. Mary's University and tier two Canada Research Chair in Sustainable Chemistry and Materials. Today, you'll hear how, in addition to helping meet the needs of frontline healthcare workers, her research is striving to support the struggling Nova Scotian pulp and paper industry and hopefully develop an ecologically responsible product in the process. Krista, good morning. Good morning. So we're all familiar, I don't think many of us, certainly not me, would have been familiar with N95 masks six or eight months ago. Now, most people know about them, or at least lots of people do. What is it that brought you to think of the idea of a creative way to use a local material? Maybe you could explain a little bit about what your project is, but I'm also interested in how you thought this might be something that could be pursued. It actually started with a student's great idea and her connection to her community. At the beginning of this pandemic, of course, um, our whole research team was working from home. And so we had a sort of brainstorming session one day, like how can we pivot a little bit of our research and sort of try to help in this pandemic? Um, because, you know, we're not typically pulp and paper chemists. Um, but when during that meeting, actually, it was one of my students, Megan Himmelman, she's from Liverpool. And so she has family who works in the forestry sector. And she said, well, what about, um, you know, could we make a pulp-based um, um, you know, N95 mask. And so I asked her to sort of flush it out a little bit and come back to us with some ideas. And she did. And and it's, it's actually through her really ingenious idea that we decided to reach out to Port Hawkesbury Paper to see if they'd be interested in a research collaboration. So as, um, you know, awful as this pandemic is, it has given us the opportunity to um, explore a different research avenue, which in the end could be very um beneficial to the forestry sector here in Nova Scotia. So Nova Scotia has a long history of using its forests for lumber production and and pulp. And in previous years, there's been quite a lot of activity. And and recently, with the closure of a pulp mill, the the industry has, as you mentioned before, been, been hurting a little bit. So can you talk a little bit about how now down to one mill what the potential of this could be in order to support a more broader uh, forest industry in this province. You know, obviously the demand for this medical pulp isn't going away anytime soon. And I think this has given us an opportunity to think about other uh, potential markets for the forestry sector within Nova Scotia. I mean, we have a really great sustainable forestry sector that right now is struggling a little bit. And so if we can look 
at new um, potential um, market sources. I think that's uh, really exciting, and to be a part of that, you know, transition, um, even t- in terms of the way we think about the forestry sector here in Nova Scotia, um, to me, it's great. This is a significant endeavor that takes the coordination of lots of moving parts and lots of skills and backgrounds and talents in order to make re- this research project a reality. And it must be exciting as well for for all of you students and, and you leading the lab. Absolutely. And, and you know, during pandemic times, it's even more than that because we've had to have support from the entire department to spread out into multiple labs to allow for physical distancing of our researchers. And of course, support from the university to allow us to return to campus in the first place to engage in this important research. Uh, One of the uh, integral parts of this uh, project is my team member and my colleague, Dr. Robert Singer, who is an organic chemist. So for us, it was really great to be back in the research lab under, you know, admittedly different circumstances, but um, just to be back and, and working and to feel Uh, as though you're part of the solution or trying to help in this pandemic. So let's talk a little bit about your your partnership, your arrangement with Port Hawkesbury Paper. As you mentioned, it's the the last remaining operating pulp mill in this province. So tell me a little bit about how you began to work with them, how you reached out to them, what their interest is in this, how they're they're helping your research. Yeah, so I really just sort of cold called them and uh, I floated the idea um, about using thermal mechanical pulp for this application and that's not something that's been done before Uh, craft pulp has been used in Canada for this application Um, and so they were really excited to come on board um, and they've been really great partners ever since Um, they're supplying us with the pulp that we need in the laboratory they're helping us to understand the pulp and paper industry because for us it's a huge learning curve and for the students as well the, the mill in British Columbia that's producing this is running at peak capacity. And so I understand that in Nova Scotia, we're dealing with a different species, whereas in BC, the other mill that is pursuing this has, of course, Western red cedar to use and also a different pulping process. What are those challenges to evaluate if it can work here? So when we were looking at this idea, one of the things we noticed is that there's only one pulp mill in Canada that's producing um, pulp that's suitable for medical grade applications. And the one of the medical applications is in a technology called spun lace, where there's wood pulp that's combined with a polymer material through a, a water jet process to create what's called a non-woven fabric. And, um, you know, up until now, people probably weren't that familiar with non-woven fabrics, but now a lot of people have them on their face, right? They're the surgical masks. These sort of um, cheap and disposable fabric materials are made through this process. And so the Western Red Cedar has particular properties that make it really good for this spun lace technology. And that includes um, long, soft fibers, um, really high density. And so we were looking at how can we look at the pulp that's produced here in Nova Scotia, which is primarily fir and spruce at Port Hawkesbury Paper. Um, And it's also made through a different process. It's not a craft process, but a thermal mechanical pulping, which means they take the wood chips, they steam them, and then they mechanically grind them. Um, Can we use that kind of a pulp to, uh, through some sort of physical and chemical modifications, have an end product that's suitable also for this sort of uh, spun lace technology that can be incorporated into the filtration layer in an N95 respirator? So is there an environmental benefit as well from a thermal mechanical process itself? 
Yeah, absolutely. So as part of the, the pulping process, um, the thermal mechanical pulping process, there is no effluent really generated other than steam, which is really great. Um, and certainly as chemists, we don't want to now introduce all kinds of chemicals that have to um, be treated or collected. And so we're always mindful of that in the lab, even at bench scale, looking at making sure that the solvents are um environmentally friendly, biodegradable, and ideally recoverable. And so those are some of the considerations we have right from the get-go. And are you reasonably confident that the regular species that are used in the pulping process, so you mentioned fern spruce, which would be the most common ones, that both from all different parts of this province could be suitable for this kind of process? Yeah, we've had good indications that the the balsam fir in particular is a, a fairly good surrogate for the western red cedar. And so for us, that's exciting um, because there's a great potential there. And in the thermomechanical pulping process, they can actually tune, you know, the ratio of fir and spruce that goes into the pulp. And so... Um, that gives us a, a, a hope that this uh, will have um, an, a successful end and that through fine tuning what goes into the pulp in the beginning may help um, with a more successful medical pulp at the end of the process. What would be some of the other applications or uses for medical grade pulp through this process? Wood pulp uh, is really featuring heavily right now is in the surgical masks because it is a critical component of that spun lace non-woven fabric technology. All of the medical gowns that you see, the blue medical gowns all contain wood pulp. And then there's also other applications of medical pulp as well, including um, disposable bedpans that are made out of pulp. And so some uh, hospitals globally are using already medical pulp for that purpose. So there's lots of, I think, emerging applications for medical pulp. And, you know, as we look at globally moving away from uh, from plastics and, and, and petrochemical products, I think that there's a lot of, there's a really bright future for wood pulp. So the ambition or the interest would be to produce the pulp. Then, of course, it has to go into another process to actually turn that into an N95 mask. So then where does this stuff go and to be actually produced into a mask or a gown or a bedpan, as you mentioned? Yeah. So right now where this medical pulp is going is into the United States and it can also go uh, globally. There are a number of um, companies that take the pulp and then produce the surgical masks and gowns um, or intermediate companies that will take the pulp, produce the non-woven fabric, and then the fabric is outsourced to places that make the masks and gowns. And so, you know, in the short term, it really would be um, taking the, the pulp, putting on putting it on a bale and shipping it out for for export to a place that makes then the non-woven fabric. You mentioned that uh, you are doing lab scale or bench uh, study right now as you're in that early exploratory phase. But if you can look forward, what, what do you hope to produce from this? You know, one of our other sort of projects within this project is to look at the creation of an entirely wood pulp based N95 respirator. So right now, some N95 respirators include um, wood pulp, but not all. Usually, if there is wood pulp in those respirators, it's the comfort layer, so the, the layer against your face or the layer on the outside that absorbs moisture. 
But many of the N95 respirators are entirely synthetic, meaning they contain synthetic polymers. And the problem with that is that they're sourced from petrochemical feedstock. And so not entirely renewable. And the masks, as you know, are not recyclable or reusable. Right now, there's, you know, innovations in trying to reuse these masks, but really they're meant to be single use. And so that's a, that is a challenge and it's not sustainable. And so the idea of having an entirely wood pulp N95 respirator that is sustainably sourced and biodegradable is, you know, really what we need right now. Researchers often don't like me asking this question, but I'm going to ask it to you anyway. Can you look forward and anticipate how long it may be if things do work out of the experimental phase when we could actually see Nova Scotia pulp going into the production of personal protective equipment? Yeah, that's a really great question. So we really are in sort of a proof of concept stage right now because, um, you know, one of the the um, comments back from Port Hawkesbury paper when I first floated this idea was, well, thermomechanical pulp can't be used for that end use, right? And so that's the, that's the research question, right? Can it or can it not? And so uh, we're quite confident that it can be with some with, with some tuning in the in the process, but um, at the moment um, we're we're hoping that by the time this project end, ends, which is in March of 2021, we'll have a really good um, proposal for Port Hawkesbury paper that they could take forward if they were interested in uh, moving into the medical pulp sector. That would um, be a process that ideally doesn't produce effluent, or if it does, the effluent is biodegradable or recoverable. So this is one of those research projects which integrates the needs of the healthcare system, potential economic benefit, but also environmental responsibility. How often in, do you see these kinds of projects which can actually bring together even two of these, let alone three of these societal interests? Yeah, I mean, not that often. Often, you know, as a researcher, you're interested in the research question which could be the healthcare piece, right? And not often do we engage with industry um, or consider the economics. And but I've learned, you know, being part of some of these uh, industry projects at this point, that those are really important considerations to have right from the beginning. Because as a researcher, as exciting as it is to engage in new science and, and have new discoveries, um, if you're really hoping for that discovery to have an impact, you have to think about industry needs and the economics of, of what you're doing. Otherwise it doesn't go anywhere and the, the effort isn't wasted. You know, we all learn something from the, from that research effort, but um, you don't have the reward of seeing it move further. Krista, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. To find out more about this podcast and the research featured in this episode, visit researchns.ca. I'm Reese Waters and we will see you next time.